This is JFM Podcast. Good morning to you, Joe City. Great morning to you. You're live on Let's Talk, a political flagship program on current affairs and uh, all the things making the round on the news. I am Precious Agnese. The news making the rounds today that concerns us this morning is the Senator Department's probe into... No, we're not going to take that. The Electoral Act, don't override Buhari one's National Assembly and Convention, APC governors insist on February pass vote of confidence in Buni-led committee. And also the PDP governors meet to decide the 2023 zoning to advise NWC. And that will move to the presidential race. Yoruba group are calling Tinibu the God's gift to Nigerians and mankind. I don't know if you agree, but we get to talk about it later. And also, Tinibu actually tells us why he is so confident that he will win the 2023 election. And also, discrepancy and also in the 2023 presidential race, Oji Kalu opens up on attacking Tinibu's presidential ambition. All these and more on the show today we have um our major topic today running on the show is our presidential race what is your angle what is your angle um the southeast agenda and also timibu's led administration what is his campaign strategy and also moving forward uh, my guest today is JJ Omojua, he's a blogger, a political commentator and also um, Ufoma who is also a uh, a head of news in Wazobia FM Lagos. We have JJ Omoju online. Great morning to you, JJ. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm very fine, thank you. How are you doing today? I'm fine, thank you. It's nice to have you on Let's Talk this morning. The pleasure is mine. Thanks for hosting. Okay, so we're, t- we're talking about um, the Southeast agenda, talking about um, t- looking forward to the 2023 presidential candidate, how if Nigerians are ready, and how do we get to select the credible candidate for 2023, and also the Southeast agenda. What do you have to say about, um, especially talking about the 2023 um, elections coming up, if Nigerians are ready, and are we going to be objective choosing a credible candidate for 2023 presidency? These are difficult questions because one person's objective decision is another person's subjective decision uh, because ultimately elections and voting especially is, is about what the individual sees, is about their biases, is about their interest and the collective is what then happens at the end of the day. So that's a difficult question to, to answer. Uh, whether Nigerians are ready, uh, I would think so. I think that substantial we've gotten a substantial number of people who got their their voter card. It helped that INEC allowed a process where there was an ongoing voter registration process. 
I believe that anyone that hasn't gotten their uh, voter card by now are most likely, or uh, were most likely not interested in, in getting it. So in that sense, I would think people are ready to, to use their voters, voters' cards to make that decision. Um, but it's a difficulty to say whether people's decisions are objective or, or subjective because different people will go to the polls um, answering different different questions and using those questions to decide or to pick the people that they pick as, as their candidates. I should also say that, um, in my opinion, people should not expect um, any special candidates to fall from, from anywhere. We are going to have to pick from the politicians that are there right now. See, those that pretend or believe that they are saints or they are clean have refused to go in this space then Nigerians will only be able to pick from those that make themselves available. No matter how beautiful a woman is, if you do not enter for the most beautiful girl in Nigeria or Miss Nigeria pageant, you are never going to win it. It's really as simple as that. So it's the same thing with elections. The winner will only come from those that are available to be voted for on the day of the elections. All right, thank you so much, um, Mr. J.J. Omojua. We also have Mr. Ofoma Abamunu, who is actually a head of news in Cool FM, Wadzobia FM, Lagos. Good morning to you, Mr. Ofoma. Good morning. Thanks for having me. It's also amazing and also an honor having you on the show. Um, we're going to play the, an insert from Tinubu um, presidential race, and that is an insert by Abdul Mumin Jubrin, who speaks on Tinubu's presidential ambition with a rice TV. I used to be carried away with the idea of, uh, okay, youth, 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 and the rest. But as I grow older, I've come to realize that uh, uh, good leadership is not a function of age. You can be a young man and be a bad leader, young man, well-educated, have everything and be a bad leader. And you can be an old man and, of course, of 70 years or even above and be a very good leader. So age is not a factor there. The most important thing is capacity and competence. So whether you are a young man or you are an old man, if you have the capacity, if you have the competence, will support you. In this instance, Bola Aswaju Tinebu fits into that bill. On the issue of the Southeast, I also sympathize with the Southeast. We all do. Uh, a lot of us, almost all of us, are uh, working behind the scene with uh, Aswaju Bola Tinebu, including himself. He understands these uh, uh, issues. But I think what happened over the years is that, uh, and I've had this conversation with a lot of my friends from the southeastern part of the country. Traditionally, they've always played center politics. It is the southwest that we are playing regional politics. The Southwest realized that they have to play central politics just like what late MQ Ibiola did. While the Southwest were planning, strategizing to come to the center, the southeastern part of the country were shifting back to regional politics. So they shift back, and of course, the Southwestern dominated the center. So the southeastern part of the country will have to put a bit of effort to get to the center in terms of the overall nature of the politics that they are playing. Secondly, secondly, they also have to demonstrate that they are really interested in the presidency. i give you an example. Uh, there is a dominance of the southeastern part of the country in the PDP. But you rarely see them coming out to show, even when they have competent people to contest. Apart from Pius Aim, 
who came out a few days ago, nobody is coming out. And they are there debating to zone the presidents to the northern part of the country. So you can now see that they are not even pushing as hard as they should for the PDP to take the presidents to the southern part of the country, which is, which is, which is in fairness, what should happen. So I think the southeastern part of the country need to re-examine the politics that they are playing, build a strategy about, around what they want to do. This is an opportunity for them. They can come in and support Aswaju, Bola, uh, Tinubu. It is the best opportunity they have in the future to have the presidency. And you know why? Because he's a man of his words. If he gives his words, he's going to do it. When he said, when he said I'm going to support uh, AD, he did it. When he said, I'm going to support Action Congress, he did it. When he said, I'm going to do ACN, he did it. When he said, I'm going to support President Muhammadu Buhari, he did it. He never, never for a moment betrayed the president. So that's the sort of person that he is. So I call on the Southeast, and I've been talking to a lot of friends of ours from the Southeastern part of the country. This is an opportunity. Join the Bola Tiribu tsunami, and it is your best chances to have the presidency Welcome back. That was the talk by Jubrin Abdulmumin. Okay, the question I'm going to bring to you, Mr. Ufoma, is um, judging by what Jubrin said, do you think that it's, it's that the South is are not really ready? They are not structured and they don't really are not ready to take over the presidency. He said that they're not doing enough to show that they deserve to get the presidency. Do you agree with him? Um. I think there are a number of things that uh, uh actually said in that interview that are right. And there are also a number of things that I will fault. Um, first things first, I think it's actually wrong. It's a wrong notion to say that um, the southeastern part of the country um, are trying to go back to regional politics. That's not true. Um Yes, there was a time when Abga was, you know, a thing out there in the southeast. But um, the National Party at the time, the only party that had the national spread at the time, which was the PDP, still won lots of elections um, out there in the southeast. Uh, for, for persons who are ego, who are in the southeast, They've almost always aligned themselves, you know, with the People's Democratic Party. Because, again, like I said, uh, up until the merger of ACN and CPC and a faction of ABGA and then the, AM, the AMPP to form what we now know as the APC, the only party that had national spread was the PDP. And that's where the South, um, you know, most of persons from the Southeast aligned with. It was unfortunate. I used unfortunately in quotes, you know, that um, the PDP lost in 2015, which of, which of course led to, um, quote and unquote, the, the people from the Southeast losing out that um, central allegiance they used to have. Let's also not forget that if, if not for the owners of Nigeria, and I use owners of Nigeria in quotes, 
um, someone from the southeast part of the country could have been the president of Nigeria in 1999. I'm talking about the former vice president, um, Alex Nikweme. Um, he was he was odds-on favorite to actually clinch the um, party um, to be the past flag bearer of the PDP back in 1998 until, quote-unquote, again, the owners of Nigeria decided that, you know what, no, we're going to install a certain general, um, General Obasanjo. Now, that, that's, that's, that's history. But then again, I also agree with, um, I, I agree with uh, uh, Jubril when he says it doesn't seem as if there is a push. Because here, let's, let's be honest with ourselves. Nobody is going to hand you the presidency of the country. It's, it's not national cake. It's not going to be shared to you. You're not just going to sit at well, home. Well, on the matter of, ex- of fairness and morality and also inclusiveness, it's, don't you think it should be handed to, this, to the South East? Precious, and Ohaneze said that, that the South East are very ready to actually pre- present any candidate. He said candidate for presidency, according to Ohaneze and Dibo. Precious, I agree with you that in terms of fairness, equity, justice, let me be, let me also let me also share this part with you. I am from Delta State, but I hardly quote unquote um, see myself as from Delta. You know why? I was born in Lagos. I left Lagos at the age of three and went to the southeast. I grew up in Imo State, so my nursery, primary, secondary school was in Imo State. So I can confidently tell you that I have Igbo roots even if my parents are not from the Southeast. So all of the question of equity, fairness, justice, trust me, I know a lot about it. I can tell you, you know, that in in an ideal world, what we should be doing right now is have someone from the Southeast as president of the country in 2023. There's no doubt about that. However, I'm saying that you don't just hand it over to people like that. In politics, it's all about give and take. You have to play the politics. And unfortunately for me, that's the, um, the, the little problem I have with people from the Southeast. However, let's also not forget that in, 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 in the build-up to the 1999 election, um, as a result of the issues that had happened with the June 12 election yeah, of 1993, the cancellation by... General Brian Babangida, ING that came into place, and, and then Abata, all of the shenanigans that happened in the build-up to our return to civil administration um, in 1999. There was, you know, there was this agreement. Now, it wasn't, it wasn't um, something that was mandated. There was this agreement between the two major political parties at the time, or three at the time, to have their candidates from the southwestern part of the country, which was why you had Lufalai as the um, flag bearer of the um, AD, who joined with the APP at the time, and then you had uh, um, Obasanjo of the PDP. Now, this was an arrangement that was made within the parties. Nobody mandated anybody to do it. But, you know, the parties felt that, okay, to quell all of the uprising, the feeling of injustice, you know, that the Southwest had at the time, let's do this. I agree that something of that nature, 
maybe could be done in 2023. But it's not when Oranese sits in one place and writes a press statement or grants interview and shouts at the top of their voice. It's, that's not how it's going to happen. Okay. It's a question of having, you know, these alliances mm. in the respective parties. Right now we have two major political parties, as sad as that is, you know, the PDP and the APC. It's, it's a question of them having those uh, alliances, making all of those moves to see if these parties can actually agree to adopt persons from the southeast. You know, okay. uh, I also disagree with Jubri when he says that Tinubu is the best bet for the southeast. Because here's the thing, if Tinubu ends up becoming president, he most likely will rule for another eight years. And we all know that as soon as that happens, the northern part of the country would agitate again that power needs to shift back to the north. You know, it goes back to the north for another eight years. So be, so before the southeast, we even have a chance. That's another 16 years. All right, Mr. Ofoma, thank you for that. And talking about um, APC and Tinubu, uh, Mr. JJ, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Okay. Um, Bola Tinubu said the reason why he's um, contesting is that it's his long life ambition. And David Dumaye said he was instructed by God. We see Oji Kalu coming to say he, he has all it takes to be the president. And also, you know, Yahaya Bello, who has been pushed, put pressure on every side to actually contest and all. And all these candidates are from the All Progressive Congress. What do you think is the state of the party right now? And do you think we have an obvious flag bearer? It's hard to say that they have an obvious flag bearer, but they definitely have people that are in the front running. And if, I mean, barring any intervention from the establishment of the party or the president himself, I don't think it would be difficult to call their primaries whether that to happen today. In terms of the state of the party, it's in a quiet civil war, clearly. That's why they find it very difficult to have their convention. But I think one advantage they, they have over the PDP, where the PDP was in 2015, is that the convention will, of course, ultimately happen. But unfortunately for those that will come out of that convention disgruntled, they are not likely to have enough time to regather, say, in PDP, because by the time they go to the PDP, the PDP would have dispensed with all the different positions themselves towards 2015. And even if they go to any other party, that party may not have the power, the leverage and structure to mount to mount a, an electoral war against the APC. So in a certain sense, these, these issues that they have in APC that, that have delayed their convention will probably turn out to be a kind of blessing in this guy because it, it, it just means that those that come out of that convention whenever it finally happens will not have enough time to undermine the party whether they form a, they can't even form a new party so whether they go to the pdp which is often the case or they decide to go to one of these other other political parties i should also say that everyone aspiring to run in the apc or in the pdp or whatever party it's within their right to run. I'm not a believer in... I believe that if people are saying young people should be allowed to run, and they now in the same breath say that somebody should not run on account of their age, you're more or less... It, it becomes a kind of contradiction because it means you're discriminating on account of age. You just decide that a particular age is better than the other. 
Uh, but don't you think it's an important factor? You don't think Hello? it's an important factor? Age is an important factor, considering news of. I need to make myself clear. I'm not speaking about factors. Okay. I'm speaking about. I'm speaking about values. If you say that it's unfair for young people to be discriminated against, and then you you say things that clearly discriminate against people that you believe are, are too old to run, you are contradicting yourself. You either believe that age should not matter or age should matter. You cannot believe that age should matter on one side of the uh, age, age, uh, the, the age uh, or one side of the number and say it, it doesn't matter on the other side of the number. So personally, even though I would desire a president that is healthy, even though I would desire a president that is, that is as possibly young as can be possible, even though I would desire all of that, I, I'm not able to say because somebody is 50 or 60 or 70 or 80 or 90, they should not run. I'm not able to say that because at the same time, I'm not able to say that because somebody is 35, they should not run. So we, we have to maintain some level of integrity and constance when we say these things. You either believe age should count or you believe age should not count. You cannot afford to say it should count on one side, but it should not count on the other side. Because in that sense, that's, not, that's no longer objective. That becomes quite subjective, basically based on your own opinion rather than a central value system. That uh, talking about... Not affect people whether they are old or young talking about electing credible leaders do you think nigerians have gone the past past sentiment or party politics and are able to look to straight to the candidates the competence of each candidate and not the party not sentiment not without any of those things let's be frank the the major factor in becoming president of, um, of nigeria has nothing to do with competence it has everything to do with the party. It has everything to do with the party, the party structure, the party spread, the party's pedigree in terms of the fact that they've been... When I say pedigree, it doesn't necessarily mean that they've done well over the years. It's just the fact that they've been around for a long time. These are the things that count. If the PDP or APC puts any kind of human being as a presidential candidate, both parties will finish first and second. It does not matter the level of competence any other party puts out. I can go go do a box pop, tell Nigerians, do a box pop in any Nigerian city to ask Nigerians to name the parties that they know or to name, that might be too easy, ask Nigerians to name the potential candidates from the different parties. You are likely to get most people mentioning potential candidates from either the APC or the PDP. That's even if they even know some of the other parties. So, Let's let's not um, let's not get carried away. Of course, there's the ideal that would love to happen, and then there is the realistic thing that would happen. There is the ideal. The ideal is that people should vote competent people. The ideal is that people should not vote people that have a bad record. The ideal is that people should vote people without sentiments and blah blah blah. That's the ideal. But reality is is a is a whole different thing. And when you're going into an election, you must go. With, with the sense of pragmatism, not with the sense of idealism, which is that the truth of the matter is whether I like it or not, whether you like it or not, whether the guests in the room and the listeners like it or not, the next president of Nigeria will either come from the APC or the PDP. And it would not matter whether the, the people in the other parties are seen to be more competent or they are still more competent than the candidates of this party. So the party is the most important factor in who becomes president of Nigeria. That has to be said. The party is the most important factor. The second most important factor is the pedigree of the candidate. 
The second most important because no matter how how strong a candidate is, if that candidate is not in the PDP or APC, their chances reduce drastically, drastically. And that's why the most powerful, the most known, the most popular, the richest perceived at least candidates always try to put themselves either in the APC or PDP because they are fully aware that even though they have a personal structure, they have a personal history, they have the money, the party structure matters. But when you've now found yourself in either of the APC or the PDP, the second factor also then becomes you yourself. And yes, sentiments will play a factor. There is no question about it. And this is not unique to Nigeria. People go to elections based on sentiment. That's why people, that's why the best presidential candidates in terms of how they, they get people's attention are the presidential candidates that are able to tell powerful stories. Oh, I had no shoes. Oh, my parents came to America uh, from this particular country because there was a war. And now we settled in America. We found the American dream. Oh, I've, I've, ran, I've run for election street. I love this country. Otherwise, I would not be running. Sentiment will always play a part. That's a matter of fact. People will vote according to who they, they connect with. People will vote according to people that they that used to give their family food or help to, 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 to put them on, on some scholarships. People will vote according to their religion. People will vote according to where the person comes from. These are all factors. And that's why there's always going to be a balance about whether you combine it. Another, another Muslim or a Southern Christian, whether you combine somebody from the Northwest or from the Southwest, these are all sentimental factors. There's nothing objective about those factors because if it was about objectivity, we should strictly be looking at who has the capacity, who has the competence, who has the integrity and the character to become president of Nigeria. But that's not what we're going to be looking at. Unfortunately, they are all going to be sentimental factors, whether I like it or not, whether you like it or not. It's just the reality of this game. All right, Mr. Alfoma, do you, do you agree with the, the words of Mr. JJ saying that it's about the competence of a political, p- political party and their structure? And also, if you do agree, what, where does that place other political parties? And what should Nigerians be looking out for if we're going to follow competent of a candidate? Well, sadly, I, I agree with um, Omojua. Um, it's something I've argued and I've told and I've said it you know, a lot of times. Um, as it is right now, if you want to be president of Nigeria, you most likely 70-80% of the time have to be in either the PDP or the APC. Matter of fact, before 2015, um, you had to be in the PDP to have a chance of being president. And that's why the PDP, before the 2015 election, I think sometime in 2013 or thereabouts, I'm not so sure of it, you know, boasted that they were going to rule Nigeria for the next 60 years. Um, The person who said that was criticized, was, you know, a lot of things were said, but he was being honest because at the time, the only party that had the national spread across all breadth of uh, the country was the PDP. Today, it's a totally different thing. You know, you have the then oppositions who came together and formed the APC. And since they got into power, you know, they've gone from strength to strength. Um, I remember, I think it was the build-up to the 2015 election. Yes, it was the build-up to the 2015 election. Um, um, was it Showery? Yes, I think it was the one, you know, who was aspiring to be president at the time. He came to our office. I was in Port Harcourt at the time. He came to our office for an interview, and um, one of his l- lieutenants um, was actually a friend of mine who I knew. 
he was seated down very close and you know his friend was talking to me and i told him point blank to the hearing of sorry that why are you people deceiving yourselves you know why are you trying to do something you and i know is almost impossible and he was looking at me and he was trying to tell me how come why are you saying i'm like no let's not kid ourselves i'm like the person you are all going up and down you know shouting that wants to be president cannot even win elections in his local government area so why are we beating around the bush the point is that for you to be president of this country it has to go through a great party structure how many of these other parties can you see in the remotest of villages in just not not local government let's use that as an example how many of the other parties can you see in just south local government area you know how many of them can you see in the deep parts of the villages because you're not just going to wake up and win elections you need a party structure you need people to be able to converse for you so yes um for, for us for, for anybody to be president of this country it, it takes a lot and like jj said a lot of sentiments also go into it um here's me thinking that before 20 by 2015 if for any reason um, uh, let me use bola Tinubu now as an example if for any reason bola Tinubu came out at the time that he wanted to be president i'm sure he would have had more goodwill than he has uh, that, than he would have right now reason being that after six and a half years or thereabout um a lot of nigerians are not totally pleased with the present administration you know and as much as jubril i think in, in an interview did talk about the fact that hey don't judge Tinubu, for example with the uh, president administration he is a different individual he's not the president yeah. he can't do this he can't do that but at the same time you know people six and a half years later based on what they've seen based on the sentiment right now would say oh no some would say oh no i don't want um i don't want this man he's the same thing as the current president we have also there are people in the southwest who will look up and say, oh, wow, he's our brother. He's from the Southwest, too. He's from Lagos State, too. Or is he from Oshun State? I don't know. You know. But the point is, whoever comes out, it's the same way Peter will be, for example. If he comes out, he will most likely get a lot of his votes from the five southeastern states. Not necessarily because he's the best candidate, but sentiment of, oh, he's our brother. He's evil. You know, that's why... The, uh, Atika Bubaka, for example, would confidently tell you that he, he married someone from the Southeast. That's why President Buhari, in the build-up to his election, will tell you that his driver is from the Southeast. All of these sentiments come into play. Okay. Thank you so much for that, Mr. Ofoma. And looking at one of our presidential candidates, that is Bolat Ahmed Tinbo, we, we see how he's coming out strongly for someone talking about someone who wants it and wants to grab it, a kingmaker wanting to become a king. And also we have news saying that Yoruba group calls Tinbo God's gift to Nigeria and to mankind. Uh, we have a lot of questions, a lot of agitations. And um, we've seen the interview with um, Jubrin on Rice TV. He's saying that um, Tinubu is the person who is going to win no arguments there. What do you think is the stance of Tinubu? And do we have an obvious presidential candidate and everything is just happening else? Is that for me? Yes. That, no, that is for Mr. Omojua JJ. Okay. 
Do I think what? Do you think that Mr. Tinibu Bola Tinibu has a strong point, seeing that most every um, Jubrin says that he has the knot already, and we hate the Yoruba people saying that he's God's gift to the nation. He's pulling lots of strings and all. Do you think that he has a very strong stand? Of course he does. Of course he does. And it, this, this does not matter whether one supports him or one doesn't support him. It's just taking a fair look at the reality. And what is the reality? Um, he's, a, he's a former senator. He's a former senator from the, from the previous republic. He's a former governor. He was last governor in 2017. And since then, he's been, he couldn't be more relevant. As, as a politician, he's, he's, he's been involved in making governors, not just in Lagos State, also across the Southwest and elsewhere. He was very, very influential in the emergence of the APC, in the formation of the APC and the subsequent emergence of the APC as a political force. He definitely is a factor. Um, whether he becomes the APC candidate is a different in entirely because, of course, the factors around becoming the candidate of either of the major parties is not always uh, as straightforward as you would you would think. So t- there's a lot of things that could still happen before before anybody emerges as candidate. But Tinubu, as an individual, as a politician, without a question, has a chance. He has a pedigree. Has he has a history? Whether that's who Nigerians want or not is a completely different thing entirely. All right, we're going to open the floor. Just, just to add to okay. that, um, um, Precious. Yes, go on. Um, I, I find it, I personally find it a bit, uh, <clears throat> a bit strange, you know, when some of us, and I'm talking young persons, mm. you know, are out on social media, you know, trying to criticize Tinubu and talk about how, why he, he's not the one we need. You know, he's too old. You give and they have a lot of questions around corruption around him. So there's a lot to be questioned in as much as he has a great pedigree. I'm not going to deny that part. Here's the point I was trying to make. Um, We can shout and talk and raise objections which are valid, you know. By the end of the day, we still need to play the politics. And I'm not sure there's a politician in the country today who truly who can play the politics as much as Bola Ahmed Tinubu. Hmm. JJ talked about the fact that he was, I think, he was the Senate leader back in the Third Republic, you know, before he was cut short by Abacha. Um, and then by 2000, and, by 1999, he became governor. Let's also not forget that. Four years after, the PDP under Obasanjo swept almost 90% of electoral offices in the Southwest. They got the other um, five Southwestern states to move from AD at the time to the PDP. The only surviving candidate at that time was Tinubu. Now, you can argue about how he managed to pull that off. Atiku did tell us in 2018 that he was the one, because of his relationship with Tunubu, who ensured that, well, he didn't really do what needed to be done in Lagos State, and that's why Tunubu won the election. Whether that is true or not is open for debate. You can also argue that Lagos is a cosmopolitan city, and so all of those sentiments really didn't work. Bottom line is that in 2003, 
He was the only governor of the AD at the time. And he found a way to build the opposition in such a way that by 2007, they got, I think, about two other states to join um, Lagos. And by the time he left, he's been, quote-unquote, responsible for ensuring that not just the governor of Lagos state, but governors in other states. Not just governors, we're talking House of Rep members, we're talking senators. He knows how to make those alliances here and there. And, and to a large extent, he's partly or majorly responsible for President Buhari's victory in 2015. President Buhari had contested a lot of things. He had a lot of votes. In fact, he had about almost 12 million votes, my memory serves me right, in 2011. He still was not president. It took Tinubu's ACN to merge with Buhari's numbers, EPC, for Buhari to be president. Let's also not forget that he wanted to be Buhari's vice president, you know. But somehow, the calculation didn't really work out at the time. You know, there were questions of Muslim-Muslim candidate and all of that. And he backed out and, you know, nominated the person we now have as our vice president. So, there are loads of loads of questions around him, no doubt. There's the issue of his health. There's the issue of conflict in his age. You know, there's the issue of losing it over people. Um... Um, his daughter, you know, holds the market here in Lagos. Um, his wife is a senator. He reportedly handpicked almost everybody. So all of those questions. Then there's the corruption uh, allegations yes. too. Mm-hmm. Those questions are valid. But will it stop him from playing the politics that will get him the uh, um, flag, uh, to become the flag bearer of the APC? Okay, open let's open the, the phone lines and get to know what Nigerians think about it. 090-988-48848 and 090-988-48848. Hello, good morning. Good morning. Great morning to you. What's your name and where uh, you call from? My name is Madam Queen from Abatua. Welcome to the show, Madam Queen. Let's talk. Yes, I want to respond to the claim of Al-Hazim uh, Mumuni. Uh, hmm. You see, with the kind of statement from him, that is the reason why we don't have credible elections. That is to tell you that our, our vote has not been counting. Since we are telling us that because the South don't know how to play politics, what is politics? How do they play politics? When Nigerian people will gather and say this is the person that we want to vote for, and majority will come out and pass their vote, and they will vote for this person, and the person will not win. Just because there is a, they, 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 they have been rigging our elections, the vote will not count. Like now, we have people Nigerians that we see them, we see the kind of work that they are doing. People like Wiki, uh, 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 we get people are pushing him back. He should come and contest. These are the kind of people that when we see the kind of people that we handle this country and this country will move forward, they will reach the election. They will never allow this kind of people that will come forward. And that is why Nigeria is where it is today. If we continue to have the kind of people that compromise this country, the working of this country, they have come. So sorry that we could call back zero nine zero nine eight eight four eight eight four eight zero nine zero. Nine eight eight four eight eight four eight, Mr. Jejo what do you have to say about what Madam Queen said? But after this call, please. Hello, good morning. Hello, what's your name and where are you calling from? I can hear you, Mr. P- the Bishop. Yes. Good morning. Good morning. What's your name and where are you calling from? Yeah, great comrade Bernard on the line. Welcome to the show. Let's talk. 
Ahorita pichete a cola trufa. Which, in all honesty, I want to appeal to Nigerians to the very circumference when they are on here. And at this point in time, appealing to Abdulmumin to apologize to the Igbos by comparing Orange with Pia. The Igbos should compromise. Because the Jagaba return is the best. For oh, God's sake, what does Ibo man lack? I can't understand. But the question is that the mistake we made so called quote and uncle making this will come again. If we're logizing somebody like that, does Ibo like this country? How many times have you been against insurgents, mass killing, hunger, and the iniquity and the injustice that have in this country? And for God's sake, that we will come here now to somebody, a national leader of a party that taken on where we are today. The man Jagaban has a lot of this on him that I've never refuted. His brother, Bodejo, will ask him, if you want to be a national leader of Yoruba now, bring a certificate to Mubu. He said that. What about, why are we so economical when we want something in saying the truth? We talk about her man is against the law, the financial law, for somebody having a billion on his house. It's against of, we have this, uh, this, uh, this financial house in Lego that all the money for Lego come for and it's owned by uh, Tinibu. And at the same time, he arrests people. You know that when Tinibu becomes the president, Blind Mohammed will become the chief of staff in their work. And all these things, so why is it not the same thing? So what I'm saying is that he should play his politics and lead the people to all right, um, thank you so much for that. 0909884848. 0909884848. Good morning. Good morning to you. What's your name and where are you calling from? Thank you very much. I'm Comrade Jadon Antiba Solomon. Calling from Anguaruba. Welcome to the show. Let's talk. Well, uh, issue of uh, presidential candidate uh, whatsoever. Um, honestly, Nigeria is kind your eyes. We cannot never replace Buhari with another Buhari in this country. Never. How old is Mr. President? How old is Brother Tinibu? If we will tell ourselves the truth, is there no capable youth in this country? At the age of 40 something, 50 at least. Why must we bring somebody at the age of 70 something years to rule on this country again? And Brother Tinibu is part of this government. What have they done? When we, we are in a serious calamity, why is Nigeria keeping quiet? I don't think we want to make Nigeria better. We let him step back and serve as a mentor. You must not be a president of this country. I'm advising you to step back and, and be a mentor. You must not be a president of this country. He is part of this government. What advice have you given Mr. President Buhari to put this country in order? Open all this calamity we are into it. Feelings of all this, all this world since 2015. Nothing good is happening. And this same person, they were the one that brought Buhari into a, into a, uh, the president of this country. And the same person again wants to contest to leave this country again. We must run over and say no to that ambition. Yes, they can sponsor somebody. Our elders in this country are very greedy. After somebody of 80 something years, we'll see what we will do in this country. Where is this happening in the other country? I am against it. Of course, you have the right to contest, but I want to advise you to go out and say no to that ambition. We, as well as you want to start this country, there are more credible youth that you can start the country more than you want to do. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for that one. 
Um, Mr. Ofoma, what do you have to say about the comment from Nigerians? Um, I, I totally align with, you know, the anger. Um, you know, you can hear from the voices of the persons who have actually called. Mm. Um, it, 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 it's almost the same way all across the country. Remember I said uh, earlier on the show that if this was 2015, you know, um, that, that on the streets, more or less, Tunubu would have more, and Tunubu, for example, would have um, more goodwill, you know, um, but but with the way with the way Tinubu is pulling, will the voters vote of Nigerians count if they want to give their vote to another candidate? So, so here's the honest truth: um, our, our vote counted, yes and no. Um, so I say yes because almost every year, you know, there, there needs to be an. Imp Unfortunately, there was an improvement in the elections in 2015. I think we've gone, we went back, you know, uh, in 2019. Um, but here's me also thinking that the Electoral Act, as it is right now, whatever needs to be done, whatever the National Assembly and the presidency, they, they need to, you know, iron out all the differences and get that Electoral Act signed. Because apart from the whole issue with direct primaries and all of that, there are components in that act that would ensure that we have more credible elections. All right, let's um, take this call. Sorry, I caught you on that. Hello, good morning. Okay, we love that call. Go on, Mr. Ofoma, go on. Yeah, so, so um, it's, it's, it, when, when, we have, when we have credible elections, um, you know, it, it helps to make both count. Now, here's the line that politicians always use. They always make you believe that your votes don't count that they know what they would do after you're done with your voting in the polling unit. You know, they know what they would do in their coalition centers and all of that, which is true. But here's also another truth. The more you as an individual come out to vote, the lesser the chances of the politician changing your will. And, and thank goodness for technology. We're, go we're getting there now. You know, we've been, I, I think we've been, as much as the whole, um, debates about direct primaries and indirect primaries, you know, are, are good. I think the major issue that we should be looking at in that electoral act, thankfully, is the transmission of election results. Because I think to a large extent, it will reduce, you know, the case of, oh, 50 people voted at the polling unit, but when the results come out, you will see 500,000, you know. So uh, for as Nigerians, I think we should be clamoring more I'm pressing our, our um, House of Reps and Senators, you know, to ensure that the Electoral Act gets signed. You know, once that happens, see, we're not going to have a perfect election in 2023. Right, Even the United States also don't have perfect elections. Hello, good morning. Hello, good Hello, morning. Good morning. Good morning. What's your name and where are you calling from? Thank you very much. My name is Sadiq Kumar. I'm calling from this junction. All right, go on, Sadiq Kumar. Yes, actually, I will comment to get the have spoken well. And when we look at our presidential election or presidential zoning, it's something that Nigerians have to reason very, very well. Irrespective of, we have to vote for the right candidate. 
But my problem is that now, who are those agitating for this uh, presidency? That's number one thing that we have to consider. We are only seeing uh, the people from APC and PDP. And it only shows that we just have this political party that will bring all the president on board, which is not supposed to be. That is why Nigeria are agitating for this electoral bill. I didn't mean this electoral bill is around. I think there will, there will be a freedom for independent candidates. Those candidates are not supposed to associate with the political party because there were some good candidates that even though they are attached to a political parties because of godfatherism, they will not be even be able to be given the ticket, which is not supposed to be like that unless the system has changed. That's why we are calling on Nigerians to shine their eyes coming 2023 to know that this is the person that we are going to vote. And that person must have a good record. And good record is not just a grammar right, and name so and position. What have been achieved? Thank mm, you very much. Thank you so much. Uh, Mr. JJ. Yes, Mr. Jaya, what do you have to say about what Sadiq Moore just said and talking about the stance of other political parties? Talking about what? The the position of other parties, political parties in presenting uh, presidential candidates. Do they have a say, seeing that the major parties, the PDP and the All Progressive Congress are like the fourth front bearers and it's as if it soaks down all other parties? Look, the thing is, we, we, we use words that we sort of externalize the responsibility of those in those parties to do what they're supposed to do. Because when you say they are being choked down, are you saying that nobody is giving them the the freedom to It seems, do it appears, not, not literally, it right? appears to. Yeah. yeah, because I don't think anybody is being choked down. I, I can tell you for free, for instance, of all the parties in this country, there are only two parties that have repeatedly reached out to me with respect to the next elections. Again, the major parties. Elections in Nigeria, for now, um, and I think maybe uh, in the last few years, is, is like when you're in a school, in a classroom, right, where the person that has always finished first, the two people that have always finished first and second, are the ones that, before the next, before the next exam, they are the ones that are likely going to be seen preparing for the next exam long before every other person in that class are ready to prepare. They are the ones doing all the reading. They are the ones going to meet people they are supposed to meet for things they don't understand. And then when the elections, or in this case, when the exams come, of course they do much better. So it's funny, they, before the exams came at all, they were in the better position because of the records they had in the past. And then in the run-up to the next exam, they are actually also doing a lot more. The truth of the matter is, whether we like it or not, the APC and the PDG politicians, they travel more than other people from the other parties. They are more intentional. They are more strategic. They are more pragmatic. They, they are not idealistic about the realities. They are not the ones to wake you up uh, six months before elections to tell you that they are running for election. More often than not, you already know that the people, the people in their parties that are going to likely run two years before they run, 18 months before they run, some of them start to make sorts of declarations. A year before they run, some of them make outside declarations. These are the things that win elections, not just in Nigeria, in virtually every country. The other political parties somehow exist for different reasons. Some people exist, some political parties exist so that they can be in a position to say they step down for either the presidential candidate of the APC or PDP. Some political parties exist 
because some people want to use them to become presidential candidates so that they can go to Oxford and Harvard and wherever else in Nairobi, whatever state. Yes, I was a presidential candidate in the Nigerian election. It doesn't matter that it gets up to zero point one percent of the general election. Mm. Um, actually, generally exists because they want to actually be part of the process and you know, win maybe not in the immediate election but subsequent election. So they exist for different reasons. But I can tell you for for free that at the moment today as it is, things may change tomorrow morning, but today as it is, there are just two political parties in Nigeria that do everything necessary to become uh, to produce the, the next president of Nigeria. Right. As it were in twenty fifteen, as it were in twenty nineteen and maybe in 20, All right. So we're going to our Facebook platforms, um, JFM Live. Um, Sham Aremos then says, uh, we cannot have a best democracy in Nigeria until and unless we remove the luxury in the political office. And uh, D. Adekule is saying for sure, Southeast is the region that, dis- that is destined for the presidency in Nigeria. At the right time, the candidate will appear. And Moses Daniel is saying, why is it that our leaders are greedy and selfish? Persons like Tinubu is contesting for president. I think the youth are not important in the country. And uh, the only way the youth can be important is when it comes to election. It's left for you to take the decision while choosing the right and credible candidate because outdated leaders are taking over the government instead of the youth. And Dimas Bala is saying another opportunity will soon be given to Nigerians to elect their leaders, but they will not look for competence. They will rather go for region, tribe, and religion. What are people? What are country? Um, can we ever get the right? Can we ever get it right in Nigeria? Said that, um, Dimas Bala. And Shokestong is saying, Great morning, JFM. Um, peace, love, people of Plata State. Grandpa Tinibu should please go home and rest for the better still. Support the younger candidate for good ca- character. Let the Southeast produce the credible candidate who will help unite Nigeria. We are Nigerians. We as Nigeria should shine our eyes and do not use ourselves for selfish gains by politicians. Mr. Politician, have you been able to fulfill your campaign promises? And that is Soke Stong. All right, um, Mr. Former. And we, can, we cannot talk about um, election without talking about the place of INEC in uh, the electoral process. Do you think that, considering looking from the Anambra election that just went on um, last year and with um, um, the how it went. Do you think that Nigerians should have faith and hope in INEC to actually deliver a free and fair, credible election? Mr. Ophoma, are you there? Hello? All right, Mr. JJ, are you there? Yes, okay, looking at how the Anambra election went on with the margins of, of the governor, do you think that we can actually rely on INEC for a free, credible election come 2023? Do we have an alternative? We don't have an alternative. We, it's, it's, INEC is the only electoral management body that is able to, that is allowed by law to organize the national elections. So we don't have an alternative. We have to, um, trust and believe that INEC will do what they're supposed to do. Unfortunately, this is not their first time. Um, they've done it before and I, I believe that they have it in them to do it again, um, next year. All right, so what's your final words um, moving on with hopes for 2023? So the thing is, um, people need to understand that this is not, elections is not uh, an emotional contest. It's not a shouting exercise. Uh, it, it's a competition. It's a competition. And those that want to win the competition, they must do what they have to do. And even though it, it's fine and beautiful to, 
to be idealistic about how we want the world to be or how we want elections to be or how, how we want to, uh, Nigeria to be. The truth of the matter is your best part forward is to be pragmatic about those decisions that you take that finally land us the, the kind of country that we want. And I should also say that the reality of Nigerian politicians cannot be separated from the reality of Nigerians. So if I, politicians are generally bad and corrupt, we have to take an extra look at ourselves as Nigerians. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Mr. JJ Um, Mr. Ofoma, are you there? Hello? Okay, so thank you so much for being a part of the show. We're talking about the South State Agenda, Tinubu's campaign strategy, the challenges for electing credible leaders, and looking forward, we hope that things get better mo- moving forward. We had on the show Mr. J.J. Omojua, the political commentator, and also Mr. Ofoma Abamunu. Thank you so much for being a part of Let's Talk. More on J101.9 FM. I am Precious and Yeezy. Thank you so much, Mr. J.J. It's nice having you. My pleasure. Thank My pleasure. you. Thank you for listening to JFM Podcast.